Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Claussen, and today I have Allison Pilot on. She's a dynamic fitness trainer and energy coach specializing in rapid and permanent change through corrective exercise, metabolic nutrition, and energetic alignment. Welcome to the show today, Allison. Thank you, Andrea. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you on. I love your philosophy. I mean, it very much aligns, you know, with the way I look at uh, wellness as well. So I would love to know what drew you to the wellness field. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I was an athlete most of my young life. And from about the age of five to 22, I did gymnastics pretty much full time. So it was, I was on a competitive traveling team when I was younger and that would require four hours of practice a day, six days a week. And then we'd travel um, on the weekends during competition season. So that took up a lot of my time when I was younger. And then later I became a collegiate gymna- uh, gymnast and competed in college gymnastics uh, for three years and then decided I really needed, you know, I've been doing it for so long and I really wanted to change. So I, I switched over to just, uh, d- you know, I just stopped doing gymnastics altogether, got into school for exercise science and uh, became a personal trainer. So when I became a personal trainer, I felt like, you know, this is, this is great. Actually at the very beginning, I didn't actually want to be a personal trainer. I wanted to be a physical therapist more so and decided, (laughs) but then, you know, I was like, yeah, right. I, I was, but, but by that time, because I had, because I had stopped gymnastics, I had a scholarship at Radford university in Virginia, and I decided to stop gymnastics. So I transferred to Georgia state university that had, um, you know, a full on physical therapy program. Cause that was a, my original plan. And, and Radford just had a pre-physical therapy program. So I decided to transfer over there, but once I got there, I realized I was going to have to do another three years of school. And I said, ah, you know, I, I can't do much more that I, I really want to get out in the workforce. I want to get some experience. I want to, you know, start making some money. And so I decided to uh, switch over to exercise science. And then eventually I, I realized that becoming a personal trainer didn't just mean I needed to put people on machines and record their reps and sets, which originally that's why I didn't want to be a personal trainer because I thought that was so boring. And at that time there wasn't much available in the way of like options for personal training. Like there is now, there's so many more ways to go with it, um, than there used to be. So that's where I was coming from at that time. And so one day I was sitting in my living room and we were watching this show called insider training And it was um, Gabriella Reese's uh, show from years ago. And she had Paul check on the show. And uh, I was like, oh my God, you know, I I immediately connected with what he was doing. And I was thinking to myself, I want to train like that. That's what I want to learn. And so uh, later, you know, I connected with him at one of the fitness conferences in Atlanta. And immediately, as soon as I saw him and we talked, I mean, this flood of emotions came over me because I had been holding so much in emotionally at that time. I was a young mom trying to figure out what I was going to do and had just been taught, you know, as an athlete, the discipline of suppressing emotions, right? 
because you kind of have to just push through it to get through athletics a lot of times. And that's what you learn. You learned how to push through the physical pain. You learn how to push through the emotional pain of life and, and of your sport. And so that's the, those are the tools I had, you know, coming in here and realizing that, oh my God, like, as soon as he said something to me, it was so simple. Like you're going to be really successful. And that just was like, whoa, you know, like, I guess my self-worth at that time was just so, so low. And it just, it set something off. And I immediately started crying and I was like, oh my God, I realized I'm holding so much in, you know, it's like a beach. I'm like holding a beach ball under the water. It's so hard to do this. Like, why am I doing this? But then at the same time, I really didn't have the tools to learn how to navigate those emotions, moving them through and feeling because I had been numbing that out for so long. So that just switched me over um, to both the emotional connection to uh, what I was doing in fitness. And then also I had read his book, how to move and how to eat, move and be healthy which switched me over to holistic nutrition and realizing the connection between that, how our bodies repair and regenerate and the quality of food that we're putting in our bodies. And so making all these connections really created uh, an epiphany and um, just like, a, you know, just a very abrupt switch in, in my, in my life. And um, then I realized I re I really knew what I wanted to do. And so from then on, um, I started taking uh, Czech practitioner courses. I did the HLC level one through three and uh, the exercise coach course. And I just learned a lot about holistic health, holistic personal training, holistic nutrition, and realizing what the word holistic really means. It just means bringing your body back into a place of wholeness, you know, and looking at everything from how it all works together rather than you know, just looking at it from, you know, this, this very separate, um, th this idea of separatism we have about our bodies and how it works, you know, like you take this thing, it's going to fix everything. Well, I mean, there's a lot of other things happening in your body. So there's, you know, that's just not always going to, that's why it doesn't always work. So that led me down the road of, uh, really discovering, really learning more, more about myself than ever. And, uh, so as I grew, my practice grew and the way I helped my clients act also evolved. And so it, it brought me also into over the years, the spiritual components of wellness and how, you know, even our thoughts, what we say to ourselves, what we say to other people, our beliefs about our bodies, how this really translates into our physical bodies. Um, and, you know, teaching people how to navigate the, the energetic and the physical and, and really bring those together because we kind we tend to think of those two things as very separate, but they are so interrelated, you know, and, um, so I, I love to help people, understand how energy works, um, from their unique perspective, because everybody feels it and sees it a little bit differently. Oh my goodness. I love that. And I mean, I can so much relate to a lot of your story. Um, and I mean, just finding the holistic part of it and teaching clients that I was just actually telling my husband, this story yesterday about a client who, um, you know, she used to talk about her body and she would put it down during sessions. And so I was like, you know what, your body's always listening, you know, and this is before I'd studied Ayurveda and I, or even done any yoga teacher training. And I'm like, how did I even know this? Like just 
I, and I would share this with her and she, you know, was in her mid sixties and for my Ayurvedic people, very Pitta energy. And, um, you know, she was like, I thought about what you said and it really connected. Like, you know, she ended up punishing herself by doing burpees. If she took bad about herself, very Pitta again, but she actually did think about it. She was like, I'm actually not going to say anything bad about my body again. I really want to work on this. And that was kind of my first, you know, integration, I guess, in my own training with that, with other people. So I would love to hear about how do you go about, you know, introducing this concept to clients who maybe aren't familiar with like, oh, my body is always listening, you know, especially if people are, you know, like this woman is very Pitta in that energy of like, does it really matter? You know, teaching people. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it absolutely does. And that's, it's, it's really about changing, helping people change their perspective into something that serves them because ultimately it doesn't really matter if someone is, you know, it doesn't matter if you feel like you have the right answer and you're going to share this with everybody. And this is what works. It really matters where that person's coming from, like where their perspective lies. Uh, Like I say in my book, what's your default, where, what's your default mode. What are you thinking most of the time? 90% of your thoughts, where are they going? Are they going into uh, the glass half full versus the glass half empty for, uh, so to speak, you know, those are the things that we want to consider. And actually it's really up to the client to have that, that self-discovery that it's up to them to to explore that within themselves, because otherwise they're never going to be able to own it. Right. And then they're always looking outside themselves for answers instead of being guided by the coach and being led in a, in a direction that is going to serve them best. It's always nice when they can find the answers within themselves. And so that's what I help people do is I help them understand themselves better on an individual personal uh, basis so that they can find those answers from within and start to learn how to use their intuition, start to learn how to trust their bodies again, because ultimately our bodies have everything we need. It's just a matter of, you know, tapping into that, understanding it, and then integrating it through creating a practice that helps you, you know, build that trust because you're seeing it happen every day. There's that consistency factor. So like, you know, it's, it's the exact same way that like a vision board would work. You know, we don't put anything on our vision board. We don't want, but yet we say things to ourselves that we don't Mm -hmm. want every day. Right. So how does that work? Right. So if the vision board works, then then also what you say to yourself, that internal dialogue is going to create your reality too, but we just haven't been taught that that happens, you know? So all you have to do really to know if it works or not is to just try it and be consistent with it. So for example, um, and you know, and I do this through my teachings too. I do this through coaching. And as a parent, I tried to do this the best I could, um, you know, if you want someone to do something, then focus on what you want instead of what you don't want. So saying, I, you know, don't do this, don't do that. Or I, I don't want to do this, or I don't want to do that. That's going to put the focus on what you don't want. It's very simple, right? But if you can switch it around and then focus more on what you're wanting and what you're wanting to create and, uh, you know, or desiring, then that's going to, that's going to flourish. That's going to bring that into fruition for you much faster. 
but we just, again, we're not taught because it's, uh, you know, it's generation from generation passes this down and then we bond over these things. Right. But no one ever said, well, some people do, but you know, uh, not many of us really ask the question, well, does, why, why, why keep doing what doesn't work? You know, like, so let's try something different. So I would suggest just practicing, um, like there's some key words that I use, I get to, or I want to, instead of I need to, or I have to, right? Just even switching out those words can be very, very powerful. Yeah. Like I get to work out. I get to move my body today. Yeah. yeah I love that. Well, you have an expression, you know, empowered wellness. I would love for you to kind of talk about what that is and, you know, how people can implement it into their own lives. Absolutely. So empowered wellness is when I say empowered wellness, I'm talking about ownership of your wellness. You know, I'm talking about joy. I'm talking about bliss, like really getting to the point where you're enjoying the workout you're enjoying your, your food and your nutrition, you know, delicious, delicious, nutritious food, you know, which is actually very important because if you're not create, you're not going to be able to create the enzymes for digestion. If the food is not delicious, you know, for, for you and you're not enjoying it. So that's, that's another thing that goes wrong in the, in the, uh, I think for the, uh, nutrition, some of the nutrition coaches are very restrictive and, and even people who, you know, some people think that, you know, they need to be restrictive as well. And that ends up not turning well out well, a lot of times because they aren't enjoying it. So I would say the secret to empowered wellness is enjoyment, right? Goes for workouts, goes for eating, goes for life. You know, are you giving yourself time for yourself every day? Are you prioritizing that time with yourself? So that you can actually get to know yourself enough to where you know what you want. You also know where you stop and others begin. So that discernment between uh, other people's perceptions too is important. And I I found that the only way to really uh, create true discernment there is to prioritize that time with yourself so that you can be with yourself and have that space between your interactions with other people. So that can be a wellness date. You know, I call this wellness date in my book, these, these, uh, these, this time you prioritize with yourself, it could be anything from a walk in nature to a workout. It could be a a time in the sauna. It could be, you know, self massage or actually going to a massage therapist, any of those things, there's endless possibilities there, but ultimately you're, you're creating that space to spend time with yourself and prioritize you. Because like you said, your body is picking up the messages that you're sending to it. So if you're telling it, it's not important and you don't have enough time for it, then it will respond accordingly. Right. But on the opposite end, if you're making time for your body, if you're loving your body, if you're appreciating your body, if you're enjoying it, that's also a way for your body to respond favorably. Why do you think it's so hard for us to learn to trust our bodies and trust ourselves? That is a really good question. And I, 
And what comes to me when you say that is that we've been taught to hand over our authority and our trust in our bodies um, to other people that know, that know better than we do. Instead of thinking of them as consultants, we think of them as authority figures. When, you know, again, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't expect anybody to be an exercise guru and get into it as much as I'm getting into it, you know, or, or whatever, but at least find out the bare minimum of how your body works and connect with that. Right. Therefore, then you do empower yourself when it comes to having some discernment around people who are giving you really suggestions or recommendations, right? All doctors have opinions. They all are practicing medicine. They're all consultants. If you don't like what one doctor says, go and get a second opinion, you know? So it's like just these things, it's, it's little, little things that we could do to learn more about ourselves and actually bring the power back and trust back in our bodies and then testing that stuff out, you know, like, for example, um, I, I take people through, uh, I, I see a lot of, uh, people who have had back issues and, uh, help that, you know, and that, that I've experienced that myself, I've experienced back, back spasms and, and it's pretty scary. Uh, you feel like you might not ever walk again. It really puts you in a state of learned helplessness, which is just feeling like you're in a facade state. Like you don't know what to do. You can't really do any, you're afraid to do anything really. Um, is so it's a real thing, but what you, but what, uh, <clears throat> you want to do the process of getting out of the learned helplessness state is to start to begin to, um, build trust back in your body again, very slowly. Right. So if you're in a place that you feel like you are not trusting your body, you feel really vulnerable. Um, I would recommend not only hiring a coach who can help you through that process and guide you, but also take it in small steps, make sure that you're integrating each step and you're feeling into it. And you're really, um, you're able to really feel all aspects of that, those changes in your life, instead of just collecting a lot of information. Right. So I've seen that too. I see people who just collect a lot of information and think, you know, that they have all this stuff, but it's not working. Well, take one step at a time, slow it down a bit. And then, you know, cause your body has its own its own rhythm, right? It has its own time. And so you can't really rush the, the, uh, process of healing in the body. And so, um, couple of things we can do to really empower ourselves around the trust of the body is to learn more about it, you know, in a way that where we're not just consuming information to consume information, we're actually starting to integrate it. And then the other way is to start to build a practice. So the more as an athlete, what I learned was the more consistent action I would take, the more I would see, oh, wow, that works. And I trust that. Right. And then you can, you can see, even if you get hurt, you understand that your body's going to recover. Right. As an as an athlete, you've gotten hurt many times and you've gone through that process. So you've built trust that there will be a light at the end of the tunnel. 
people who are just working out for fitness don't always see it that way. And an injury can be very detrimental to that person, person's psyche. So in order to build trust, we have to allow the body space to heal in that kind of situation, but also just test, test some things out, give it time, right? Consistency, persistence. Those are the other things that are really important because if we're just thinking about things, but we're never taking action, then that's a problem too, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I think the overconsumption of information, it's so easy to do now just because, I mean, you can find anything you Google social media, like whatever you want, you can find it. And people can always find whatever they're looking for too. And so like more validation for, you know, oh, this is why I'm never going to recover. Why I shouldn't trust my body. And then, you know, on the flip side, find why you should. And so like, that's where I think the muddling through and just like integrating and doubling down and saying, okay, is this the direction I want to go? If it is like, let me actually integrate and stop, stop with the overconsumption of things. Yes, totally. I mean, I love all of that. And listening to the body is something that I'm, you know, I preach and Um, I do think, you know, as you were talking and I was like, wow, she, you know, you were an athlete. I was a three sport athlete in college as well. And so I'm like, I mean, for both of us, it's probably just innate wisdom. I think that really does help, you know, and even thinking about my clients, my, the ones who have had, you know, sports background or played a sport at some time in their life, usually are a little bit more in tune. And so that is a skill that, you know, people who haven't, you know, it is something you can learn. And that's something that's it doesn't happen overnight. You know, we didn't get that skill overnight. It was years of practice. And so, you know, if you're listening and are like, oh, you, you know, you both were athletes, like I've worked with many people who've slowly honed this skill, but again, it's not going to be an overnight thing. It is something that's going to take a little time. Exactly. Exactly. And, and the fitness industry has taught people about quick fixes and that fitness is all about that. And that the problem lies there that you're not really giving your body the space to both heal and to also, um, well, not only heal, but recover and then build again. So there's that whole process. And sometimes even when people have postural issues or old injuries or scar, uh, a scar somewhere or scar tissue that's been built up, um, and you're trying to, you know, help them with, uh, functional training or, or physical therapy, there is a process there too. So sometimes there's a in-between phase of recalibration in the body, you know, and people just haven't been taught to have patience for that. We we've been taught to be like, it must be okay. I'm, I'm, I'm hurting this. This is not good. I'm, I need to, you know, change this right now instead of, okay, if, if this is happening, there's some things we can do this could be going on. Your body could be going through a shift. Here's some ways you can support it. Right. And it might also be a good time to rest, Yeah, you know? So those are things to consider because building trust in your body is a process. You know, like you said, with athletics, we, we went through that process for years, but not everybody has experienced that and, and teaching your clients how to do that. That's a great skill that will serve them for the rest of their life. And that's going to help them be, build a sustainable uh, fitness and, and health practice instead of just quitting, which is what most people do. You know, is this where um, I know in your, your book that you have coming out here, you talk about values and is this something that, you know, you preach then, is this how people can kind of help start to learn to trust themselves or how does that kind of play in with your philosophy? 
Yeah. So what I, what I uh, noticed uh, when, especially when I started training was that uh, I was telling my clients, I kind of felt like, I guess I felt like I was telling my clients what they wanted or what I thought they should want, you know? And as a trainer, you're like, okay, it, it's, it's the best intentions, you know, but you know, you're, you're coming from a stance of health and you know what healthy looks like, and you're helping people understand that better. And at first you're, you're just kind of throwing it on them. Like, Hey, this is what, you know, what health looks like and what you should want and all of those things. But what I learned over the years is that in order for someone to stick with it and to really own their experience of fitness and health, uh, they have to align with their own values and why they're doing it. Everybody's different, you know, and your values can even change as you grow. But what, why that's important is because, uh, if you're doing a, a fitness or nutrition program or spiritual, even spiritual program, anything in that realm, uh, because of, uh, for purposes that someone else tells you, uh, to do, because maybe that's within their value house there, that's their values, uh, and they're projecting that onto you and you're not actually defining why you're doing it. What's your purpose? Why are you here? What are you wanting to get out of it? What, what are you really valuing, you know, in your life? Um, then there's going to be uh, a lot of confusion and, and most times, uh, people aren't going to be very successful long-term with their program because they're not connecting with the deeper aspects of, of, uh, you know, they're not prioritizing what they really want to prioritize. So for example, um, if you, if I tell you, you know, Andrea, you should really be eating organic food. You know, that's going to be the best food for you, but actually organic food doesn't line up with your values. Like you don't really value organic food. You don't, you don't know why you should, you, you think it's more expensive. Um, it doesn't really make sense to buy that. Do you think that person's going to stick with that? <laughs> no, I try to make my mom do that. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. The parents are a great example, yeah. right? Cause they came from a generation where organic was, I mean, everything was organic. Right. And then as the years progressed, that changed, but a lot of people don't realize that a lot of things change within the food industry. So again, we're here to teach people those things, but at the same time, like we want them to, we want them to be able to, uh, you know, find that within them that, that resonates with that so that they can begin to develop their own values. So, and even, you know, I'm, I always, as a trainer, I want them to do that because their values are going to be different than mine. And I want, I'm here to help them um, connect with those so that that, uh, creates more success with their health and their wellness, because it's not going to be the same as mine. And so I'm not, you know, I'm not here to project that onto them. I'm here to help them discover that within themselves. And that's going to help them define then what they truly want. And it's going to give them that framework too. So I always tell my clients, like put your values, you know, list three to five values and put them up on your fridge so you, that you don't forget, you know, because one of my values is organic food. And, and of course I don't forget that now, but if, you know, we, we get, when we're beginning the process of learning new things, 
and creating a new health, uh, you know, new health changes in our lives. Some of those things we might stray away from because, you know, we might forget from time to time, but we need to kind of check back in with that and say, wait a minute, where am I going here? You know, and that, that will bring you back on track with what you want to be doing. Cause we have, we live in a world of so many distractions. So getting back to that, that value that you have. And again, like I said, it might change as you grow. Like you talk about in my book, how sometimes we take on our values, uh, the values of our parents, which is totally normal because this is, this is who we learned from. And then later on in life, we develop different values than our parents had. And sometimes that can feel like a betrayal, uh, because, you know, you're going against what the group, you know, what the, you know, your family unit, uh, what you learn from them. And, and, and so if we can actually look at that more from, uh, being from an awareness standpoint of what's happening there, then we can start to define our own values. And then also, you know, some of them might overlap with what you learned in your family and that's okay. You could be rebelling against values in your family as well. So that's why I think that, um, you know, especially when we, we get into a situation too, where you have a coach and then a coach can be kind of like a parent, some, you know, sometimes people can represent other people to them. And we want to make sure that we're, we, we are becoming aware of these deeper things so that we can become fully successful and own our experience of it. So I feel like that's really what in the beginning, if you can't, if you, if you haven't defined your, your why, you know, your, you know, your why, and then what you really value in your life, what you want to prioritize, then it's going to be hard to do it. Like if you can't prioritize yourself on some level, do you think you're going to be very successful at creating a consistent uh, movement practice? Right. So it's like, it's just really, it's not saying that either it's bad or good. If you don't value it yourself, fine. Then, then you realize, okay, this is why I can't do this because I'm not valuing time. I'm not prioritizing myself in this way. And then you get to make a choice whether you want to do that or not. Right. Yeah. yeah this is why um, I've had this happen a few times where, you know, well-intentioned, you know, I had a husband years ago now bought training and he did training with his wife because he was trying to get her to work out. And I'm like, I don't, this is, doesn't go well typically. And of course it didn't, you know, like she, you know, I would go to their house and we'd be down in the basement working out and she'd be upstairs sleeping. And she had two little kids, a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And I'm like, he's like, how can I motivate her? I'm like, this is not, this is not your job. This is not going to happen. Like this was not her idea. Like she has to come to this on her own terms. Like and what, when she values it right now, she is just sleep deprived and just wants to spend time with her young kids. And I don't blame her, you know? And so stuff like that, where sometimes, you know, when even spouses or family members try to like push this value on you and you're like, this is just not lining up right now, you know, right. and looking that from that outside perspective too. Um, and I love that you said that about the coaches. Cause our, I'm doing a mastermind right now. And the two coaches, that was one of the things they hit on hard was, you know, your values probably are similar to ours. And that's why you hired us, which is so true. You know, yes. I want integrity. I want someone who is honest about what they're doing to actually grow their business. Cause I've had some other ones that aren't, you know, and right. you can feel that friction. And so I think that for me is something that, um, you know, and I've never even thought of that, that like people hiring me of like, of course my values should align with my clients, you know, and 
for the most part, I think they do. And that's just kind of a, I guess it's a good reflection on, okay, I'm putting out there, you know, what I want to receive back in terms of like the right people working with me and vice versa. So that's a really good point. I think for anyone listening, if you do have, you know, if you are in this field of working with clients of, oh, maybe I should make sure I'm putting my values out there. So people do know what I stand for. Yeah. As coaches get, get clear on the, on your values too. So that, and I love, I love that because you're right. You're going to attract people that are going to be in line with your values too, and or, or want to be in line with those values, right? Yes, totally. So that's why it's important for you to be clear on those. Yeah. Totally. So I just have kind of one um, one more question or thread I kind of want to you know riff on a little bit is the fear of change, and sometimes I think that can be really scary for people. Like you might have this big goal, and you're like, oh, you know, I want. Let's just say. Um, thinking of, you know, one client in particular, I'm like, she wants to lose like 40 pounds. That's a big goal, mm-hmm. but doesn't necessarily see the full vision or is maybe a little fearful of like, what does that actually mean? You know, are people going to like, she's in the body positivity movement and she, you know, does stuff with that. She's like, are they going to disown me? Because I chose to lose weight. So you have that fear of change and that friction that you can, you know, I can clearly see. So if you might have people who, you know, that was just an example and other people I'm sure have other, you know, fear of changes, but how can people kind of push through and get through that, you know, kind of sticky fence that they may be holding them back? Yeah, that's a great thing to talk about because this is becoming a bigger, a bigger thing. Like, I really love that people are getting more comfortable with their bodies and not shaming themselves for how they look. I think that is fantastic. And at the same time, we want to be honest with ourselves about, okay, are we okay with how we feel in our bodies right now? You know, like I know when I get to a certain point with my body, it doesn't feel good. And I don't, I just, I, I, I want to make a change because it doesn't feel good to me. I, I, one of my values is feeling good in my body. Right. So that's important to me. And again, going back to values, what do you value? Do you value other people's opinions mm-hmm. and how they're going to see you more so than you value your self-worth and your own health and vitality and well-being, right? How much, how, how much do you value to yourself, right? It's it, it, so those are really big questions that we, we have to really be honest with ourselves about it takes integrity to do that, you know? Um, so, but not everybody, you know, we not all been taught the skills to, to navigate that. And so it goes back to, you know, the fear of change. Like a lot of times, like we just want to belong to the group, Mm -hmm. but we feel like we need to change something. You know, we we're feeling this pull, um, to change, And it's really this deep, innate feeling of the need, you know, what you already know, um, like the need to grow exceeding the feeling of what you already know. So we're in a comfort zone of what we already know to be true, right? But then we get this feeling of wanting to grow both, you know, spiritually and um, your body is a part of that, you know, it's it's, um, you know, we want our body to feel ultimately as we grow as people and, um, we learn how to live with integrity and honesty, uh, you know, you want your body to align with that. 
So that's why many people feel the need to, like they want to start to move towards losing weight or they want to start working on their posture to align their bodies because they want all of that to align with how they're feeling spiritually as well, right? Because your body is literally your temple. It's what you're living in. It's what perspective you're coming from. It, we all know if we're in pain, we're going to come from a different perspective as if we were feeling really good in our bodies, right? So that is something to think about. So how do you feel in your body? Is it, is it working for you? Really be honest with yourself about that. And if it isn't, that's okay. What changes can you make to move toward feeling better in your body? You know, doesn't mean you have to do a hundred burpees every day. You could just start walking and doing something enjoyable. Like I think most times just beginning to learn how to enjoy your life and movement because our bodies are here to move um, can be a way to begin moving toward the body that you really love being in. Um, but yes, it's that discernment going back to your, your, the person you were talking about. Um, it's really up to that person to decide what's most important to them in that situation. Um, although it might suck to, to lose that group or, you know, maybe that won't happen that way. You know, maybe a lot of people will respect or for doing that. And maybe they'll be inspired. You never know, but you, but it's really ultimately up to you to honor yourself by taking the action with the change and going back to the fear of change. Yes, we are afraid of change because number one, we want to belong. Number two, we have uh, something called sometimes called cognitive dissonance, where you have you know, uh, two beliefs that kind of contradict each other. And, you know, there's that, oh my gosh, you know, I don't really want to, I don't really want to believe this other thing. So I'm going to stick with the, the one that I know. Right. And, um, so it's like literally separation within ourselves. Right. And so, in order to bring uh, to lose the fear of change is just start taking one step at a time with it, you know, and, and one of my friends use this analogy where like you start, you have two yards and you've been mowing this yard forever. And then you start mowing this other yard. You just want a little bit at a time. And eventually you're mowing that other yard the entire time, because you've shifted a little bit by little bit, just mowing it a little bit more every day. This is how we integrate change. We, we begin to integrate these changes slowly and consistently in our lives. And then it, in no time, it becomes a part of your life without you even thinking about it. So like I was saying with organic food, I don't even have to think about that in, anymore. But in the very beginning, there was a, a learning curve with that. I had to learn about it. I had to go through um, some times of being a little uncomfortable at times, you know, and um so you will go through that process as it relates to change. And I think a lot of people also are afraid of being uncomfortable, afraid of uh, being overwhelmed, and that those are all very valid things to be, uh, you know, cautious about. But like I said, if you can take it in small, consistent steps and integrate it that way, um, then it then eventually it will become second nature, right? 
Well, I would love to know if people are listening a little bit more about your book, um, Finally Thriving and where people can find it. Absolutely. Um, you can find it on Amazon. Uh, this will be coming out, I guess, by the time my book comes out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So Amazon, Barnes and Noble, I believe pretty much anywhere, but mostly it's going to be available on Amazon. I'm get, I'm working on an audio book as well, hoping that'll be out by the time this show comes out as well. <laughs> And uh, that'll be available too. So uh, yeah, you can find it also on my website, um, finallythrivingbook.com or pureenergypdx.com. Perfect. And who would the book yeah. be for? Who would the book be for? Yeah. Uh, anybody like <laughs> that wants to have empowered more ownership of their wellness. You know, like this past couple of years, I just saw a lot of things happening within the health and wellness industry that... Uh, you know, just inspired me to share more about what I knew and to be true within holistic health and how I could help people very simply, uh, just empower themselves by knowing, um, you know, how to align their mind, connect with their body, and then listen to this, their spirit. These are all things that are not taught, uh, in the conventional world. And really we have our, we have a natural technology within our body that works really great. And if we're just becoming, a, if we can become aware of it and start to work with it, it can be really simple to, to get healthy. Um, and I wanted to share that with people because I feel like it's become so complex and so political and it's just kind of ridiculous at this point. Um, I wanted to give people some easy, you know, practical, practical, but also fun ways of connecting with their health. So it's really for anybody who wants to do that, who's really curious uh, about also connecting with their creative side of this, you know, really treating your, your wellness journey as a creative journey, you know, and learning more about yourself because all relationships stem from your relationship with yourself as well. So what I, what I found to be most important after these past couple of years is for everybody to be able to develop the skills to come back home to themselves and start to learn how to love themselves again. And then we can, you know, if we can learn how to love ourselves unconditionally, then we can also extend that out to everybody we come across but it really starts from each person first. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Well, I just have one final question for you today, Allison, and it is the weekly challenge. And so when I have a guest on, I have you throw out a little weekly challenge to all the listeners. So what would you like that to be this week? Oh yeah, that's a great, I love that. So my weekly challenge would, would be, um, the wellness date thing. I mean, I think that's so much fun. Like how can you, how, what the challenge would be prioritizing yourself once a day. How can you do that? It can be anywhere from 10 minutes to an hour. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your book sounds amazing. Um, Thank you know, you. just simplifying some fitness and health and wellness things I think is definitely needed. So Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much, Andrea. I really enjoyed this interview and it's a pleasure and an honor to be here. 
Thank you again. And everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power.